You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Sunday episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we dropped this show a little bit earlier because there's been just so much going on in the Iowa Hawkeye athletic community. We wanted to get that information out to you, and with Iowa taking on Oregon in less than 24 hours, we wanted to give you enough time to get and process some of that information that you need to know going into tomorrow's matchup between Iowa and Oregon, two seed versus seven seed for an opportunity to go to the Sweet 16. Today's episode, though, is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. I don't want to bury the lead, though, so let's kick it off first with wrestling because our Iowa Hawkeye wrestling team is the 2021 national champions. They had an unbelievable weekend, still some adversity uh, nonetheless, and we're going to get to that here in a second, but what an unbelievable weekend for the Iowa Hawkeye wrestling team and capped off with the final match of the entire tournament, Spencer Lee claiming his third national title by defeating Arizona State's Brandon Courtney 7 to nothing at the 125 weight. So just phenomenal stuff. But what was more impressive was the fact that apparently he was doing that without any ACLs, tearing his other ACL last week or two weeks ago, excuse me, in the Big Ten tournament uh, in that championship match, and yet still absolutely annihilated the competition doing it for that Iowa Hawkeye wrestling squad. I do want to, his interview was just so amazing. So I'm going to quickly turn to that so you can get a chance to listen to that. And then we're going to get back into uh, more conversations about this wrestling squad, what happened this weekend, where some of the, you know, where were there some issues at and what we'd love to see from the squad. So that'll be coming up after I give you this quick, brief clip from Spencer Lee. What's your reaction to winning this third championship? Uh, I mean, I went through a lot. This is a, definitely my toughest. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm battling a lot of things. So yeah, you, you insinuated that yesterday. What, what are you battling, and what's the adversity been like? Oh uh, well, I mean, eight, eight days ago I tore my ACL in my other knee. I'm wrestling with no ACLs, and uh, you know, whatever, man. I don't want to tell anyone because uh, f excuses. Uh, excuses are for wusses. And you know what? That was a tough turn for me. I could barely wrestle. I could barely shoot. I can't sprawl. But you know what? I believed in my coaching staff and everyone that believed in me. And here I am. So there you guys. Are you kidding me? He did that without ACL. So just absurd, absurd in general. But love to see uh, the commitment. Spencer Lee just truly, I would say, maybe one of the greatest wrestlers uh, in the history of, of wrestling and has an opportunity to win his fourth title next year. He's going to be training. It seems like going to be training for the Olympics. We're going to try to get in, um, you know, depending on how that ACL situation works, if he feels like that, if he can give it a go. Um, clearly, you know, was struggling a little bit during this tournament, although you wouldn't have noticed it given the fact that he was so dominant, but still struggling. Again, Iowa, the 2021 national champions, they get a win by a score of 129. Penn State came in second with 113.5, and, and Oklahoma State came in third at 99.5. Penn State, though, went 4-0 and in the title matches, or won four titles, I should say, and Iowa went 1-2 and two in the finals matches. So um, there was some controversy, you know, about 
does the, how or how big of a deal is this title, right? Um, does Iowa deserve that national title? And I would argue 100%. Look at what they did across the board. They got one first, two seconds, two thirds, one fourth, and one seventh. I'm going to go through this this list real quick, and we'll talk a little bit about those final matches. At 125, Spencer Lee getting first. At 133, Austin DeSanto taking third after a 10-6 to decision over Corbin Myers. Um, had an interesting situation after his match and was unable to participate in the parade of all Americans, but Austin DeSanto loved the energy. Um, I thought he should have, you know, he could have very easily been in that championship match as well. He is right there just knocking on the door at 141. Jaden Ironman got second lost in sudden overtime to Nick Lee, who he beat in the big 10 championship. So you hate to see that, but um, it's still just impressive for, uh, you know, the, the the former Mizzou product come out and just absolutely crushed the season. At 157, Caleb Young got seventh by beating Oklahoma State's Wyatt Sheets three to two. At 165, Alex Marinelli did not finish the tournament. He lost in the quarterfinals and then medically, you know, DQ'd out basically. Not he medically did not finish. Um, so unfortunate there. That was a a really big opportunity that Iowa could have had to maybe even build a bigger lead. But hopefully all is well with Alex Marinelli. At 174, Michael Kremer gets second. Uh, again, unfortunately, follows to Carter Sorochi after beating him in the Big Ten Finals as well. At 197, Jacob Warner falls 5-3 to three to the number one seed or formerly number one seeded Miles Amin from Michigan. He gets fourth, and Tony Cassiope gets third by defeating Colton Schultz 5 to nothing. So, again, when you look at what Iowa did from a team perspective, I know it's fantastic Penn State got four titles, but Iowa dominated throughout the competition and honestly didn't put together its best performance in tournament play. I mean, look at what they went in favored to win, you know, arguably four titles. They went in favored to win four titles. Spencer Lee does work. Jaden Ironman and elite and Michael Kimmerer gets, gets to the podium or gets the finals, the final match and just, you know, can't get it done. Very close matches. They were favored going into those. Alex Marinelli doesn't even make it there. That's a huge loss from a points perspective. So unfortunate. But about everyone else kind of you know went to where you thought they were going to be at. Um, you were hoping to see a little bit more from Max Mirren after struggling in that the Big Ten tournament. But nevertheless, Iowa had a fantastic team performance, and they are the 2021 national champions. What's even better about this is the fact that they're bringing a lot of this team back. So Tom Brands talked a little bit about, you know, sounds like there could be some people leaving, could not be some people leaving, but there's not a lot of um, information on that at this point. But we are starting to get information about who is returning. Specifically, Spencer Lee, Austin DeSanto, Jaden Ironman, and Alex Marinelli have all confirmed they will be back. So that is absolutely huge for the Iowa Hawkeyes as they look to repeat as national champions. Again, what a great weekend to be an Iowa Hawkeye. National champions in wrestling. We win women's basketball. We win men's basketball. Let's quickly touch on women's basketball. We're going to go more in-depth tomorrow on the show, uh, previewing their matchup with uh, Kentucky, four-seeded Kentucky. Um, but we do have you know, we do have a special guest coming on. Bakari Evelyn is going to be joining the show to break down Iowa's win over Grand Canyon. And then also to touch on what should we expect from Iowa versus Oregon, which is going to be a great matchup. But the women's basketball team, before we get into that, um, had another great game against Central Michigan, getting their first win in the NCAA tournament. It started off a little slow, though. Not exactly what you wanted to see, but a young team, uh, probably you know a little bit 
a little bit first game jitters. First time being in the NCAA tournament, not not really uh, up for the task initially. Uh, got to a slow start, but they closed out pretty well in that first quarter after starting slow. Um, they ended up finishing off that first quarter up 27 to 20, and they never relinquished the lead from there. Just absolutely dominating performance over Central Michigan. Coming into this game, both these teams were very similar teams. Poor defense, explosive offenses that get up the court quickly. But Iowa's defense was relatively solid in this matchup. Anytime you're going to score 87 points, it's going to be tough to hold people to you know low, low scoring numbers there but the defense is all right I thought they did a, an all right job of containing both star guards Mar Molly Davis and Michaela Kelly Molly Davis finished with 18 points on 7 of 19 shooting and only went 1 of 7 from 3 Michaela Kelly 23 points on 7 of 14 shooting 3 of 6 from deep had some foul trouble early with three fouls in the first quarter, and that was a big difference for Iowa. Four Iowa Hawkeyes, though, finished in double digits. Caitlin Clark, of course, a phenomenal game in her first game in the NCAA tournament. 23 points, seven rebounds, seven assists on eight of 16 shooting. Monica Sinano, 23 points, six rebounds on 10 of 18 shooting. This is huge. Uh, now they have an opportunity to go to the Sweet 16, and we did not expect that for the women's basketball team this year. So um, they get the winner of Kentucky-Idaho State. As I'm recording this, the, the game actually hasn't completely finished, but it, it's looking like Kentucky, um, and that will be a very big test for this young Iowa women's squad. So we're going to be breaking down that game on tomorrow's show. But nevertheless, congratulations to all the you know all the athletes this weekend, just absolutely crushing it. The wrestling team finishing as the 2021 national champions, the women's basketball team getting their first win in the NCAA tournament this year, and the men's basketball team taking down Grand Canyon as well. Coming up on segment number two, we're going to be joined by Vicar Evelyn breaking down the Grand Canyon game, and the Oregon game. But you know I got to tell you about some of the sponsors of the show today because I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't. And we do have some phenomenal sponsors on, on the show today. The first sponsor for the show is Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. And if you don't like swallowing pills, that is not a problem here. Blue Chew pills are chewable. These tablets are made in the USA and as they prepare, they are prepared and shipped directly. So it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to reform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code locked on at checkout and just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code locked on to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast today. Also, it is March Madness. There's so many games going on and you can do all of your betting at betonline.ag the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's right. Go to the website, use the promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up. You'll get 50% as a welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. 
and get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast at. Now let's get into the conversation about the men's basketball team, breaking down the Grand Canyon game, getting into the Oregon game with Bakari Evelyn. All right, we are joined again by Bakari. Bakari, man, it is always a blast having you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's Sunday. The Iowa is crushing it this weekend. The women's team won this morning. The men's basketball team won yesterday. Iowa is the national champions in wrestling. I mean, could we really have a better weekend from an Iowa Hawkeye athletic perspective? Exactly. Shout out to Spencer. That's a big win, man. Big win. No ACLs. Yeah. I was saying, like, I was struggling to get up this morning and, like, do things around the house and go for a swim. And he was winning, winning a national championship without ACLs. That's in, that's insane. It's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. Truly incredible stuff. Um, also, Illinois loses. And that was uh, – I personally hate the Illinois fan base. I don't hate the team. I love the players. <laughs> the guys are great. Like, Andre Corbello is so much fun to watch. And I'm, I'm scared to watch in the next couple of years. But they lose to Loyola. Um, wanted to get your thoughts on that quickly, just the game plan Loyola put together and how shocking that was to you. I mean, I've actually seen it a couple of times. I mean, being that I came from Valparaiso, I played in the Valley. Um, so I'm oh, yeah. With their, yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar with their game plan for sure. And so I just saw it kind of gave me trouble with just how they put two on the ball. They were loading up heavy and they kind of just forced Illinois into some early turnovers. And then I think just the confidence, you can kind of see the dynamic shift from Illinois being the favorite coming into Loyola that may already have a chip on their shoulders. They have players on that team that was on that final four team. So they're not like not battle tested and, you know, they got a really good coach. So I could, I definitely could have seen how this would have happened, but I still was surprised. I still thought AO and um, just Illinois was having a really good year. Him, Kofi, um, Corbello, like you mentioned, and other guys, Miller. I figured that they would, you know, of course, make a deep run in the tournament. But, you know, Marty yeah. Smarts. It's crazy. I mean, that was probably the one thing I didn't see coming. Because I, I actually – so I went to Drake, so very familiar with the Valley as well. Yeah. And I followed Drake very closely and, uh, you know, familiar with Loyola. And – they're a good team. Don't get like they're a very good team, but I did not expect them to be able to match up athletically with Illinois. I don't expect a lot of teams to be able to match up athletically with Illinois. And I just didn't feel like Crubwick could actually handle Kofi. And man, that game plan was just phenomenal. I mean, they were running all over the place. Every time the guy got the ball, they're doubling him. Um, Kofi, I thought they did a really great job of um, having secondary support coming around and knocking the ball out of his hands and really kind of getting him flustered. I mean, it was they're a scary team, man. But I want to get a sense from you. Do you feel like that's a a blueprint now for how some teams can handle some of the more athletic teams. Like I was going to be taking on some more athletic teams further on in the, you know, in the tournament, hopefully is that something they could do to maybe help them from a defensive perspective? Um, yeah. I mean, I think the main thing is just knowing who you are and that's, that's what Loyola did. They knew who they were and who they weren't. They understood that, you know, Illinois was obviously the bigger, more athletic team. And so they didn't even try to play their game. They tried to make their game about execution, being in the right spots at the right time. And I think Iowa and and other teams looking forward should just know who you are as a team first before you know who your matchup is and just do what you do well. Um, so, like, as we look towards the Iowa-Oregon game, I mean, I think Iowa needs to stick with the bread and butter and, and do what they do well. Yeah, man. So I want to get to Oregon. Um, and actually, maybe we'll just quickly touch on it. They are a very small lineup. Uh, six foot five to six foot six are all their starters. That to me speaks volumes about an opportunity to get the ball to the big man down low consistently. Um, do you feel like that's going to be the main game plan starting off is, is get the ball to Luca, let him dominate inside? 
Um, I think, of course, you got to let him touch it, you know, early. But Oregon's also a really long team athletically. Um, and they got a lot of, like, interchangeable players, like you're saying. Like, you know, they're all kind of the same height across the board. So I think that athleticism may pose difficulty getting the ball in. I think their, their game plan would be to not let Luka catch. So they're going to probably prevent him on the catch and kind of do what Loyola did when he does catch and just swarm him. So yeah, um, I think Iowa plays through Luka, but that doesn't necessarily mean he has to come out scoring. I think maybe he comes, they go inside out and hopefully we're knocking down our threes, you know, Yeah, and, and we can get J-Bo going and get Weezy going and CJ. I would love to see a big game out of CJ as well. So um it makes sense to me. I mean, that's basically what Indiana did, except for we just couldn't knock down shots. CJ goes out, and they were just swarming all over Luca that entire game. So that makes sense from an Oregon perspective, trying to do that if they can. Um, quickly, before we get into more depth on the Oregon side, Grand Canyon University, I thought they played a good game. I thought that was um, – yeah. Iowa did a great job of coming out and not letting Grand Canyon get hope. I feel like when you're playing some of the lower seeds, you don't want to give them hope and uh, – you know, basically giving them a thought process of we actually can win this game. Iowa gets out to an 11 to two lead and basically not coast, but they kept it pretty much about 10 to 15 points the entire time. Um, was there anything that stuck out to you specifically about how Iowa played Grand Canyon? Um, no, I think the game kind of went how I figured it would. I knew those guys come out aggressive and I'm glad to see they pushed them in the mouth first. And, you know, like you said, got out to 11 to two lead and kind of took it from there. Um, I did love to see how aggressive Wheezy was, just getting to the free throw line so much. Uh, I would love to see more of that. We're going to need more of that down the road, um, especially if shots aren't falling. Still going to need big production, so getting to the line, it was it's good to see out of him. Um, and, you know, I think they, they kind of got the first game, you know, jitters out the way, and I think they're ready to kind of get this thing rolling. So I'm excited for the next one. Absolutely, man. You speak about Joey's camp, nine of 10 from the line. Uh, so yeah. phenomenal stuff there. Played 36 minutes. I mean, he really is. Luka Garza is the best player on the team, right? I don't, I don't think we can argue that. But I think Joey's camp might be arguably the most important player on the team because of what he can do, um, breaking down defenses and actually collapse the defense a little bit, driving to the basket. And we'd love to see that against Grand Canyon. Um, Iowa did struggle a little bit rebounding the basketball um, against the two Goliaths down there. But otherwise, I thought Iowa played pretty well. Defensively, though, some concerns in the second half. Um, the defensive energy definitely let down. Anything you want to speak on that for at all for the show? Um, yeah, I think they got to be more consistent. I think Fran was also trying a few different things with lineups, like he was running Keegan at the five, um, just to for probably looking ahead towards this game, different things they could try to do to uh, match with Oregon's athleticism and things. So um, I think they kind of got you know got the lead, was kind of feeling good and let their foot off the gas a little bit. I don't think that'll be the same you know problem or issue going forward. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even think about that because when you're watching the game, you don't really notice that the lineups are you know, so varied and yeah. you're absolutely right. Fran probably did want to look ahead, especially against an Oregon team. That's the smallest team they're playing. They played the entire year. So, and they're a very athletic team. So you have to be thinking a little bit about what that matchup looks like. And actually that's one of the notes I took down for the Oregon game was they're all six, six, right? Six, five, six, six. So they're not tall, but they're still long wing kind of guys, very athletic, going to beat us from an athleticism perspective. But that's where I think Keegan Murray Patrick McCaffrey, Joe Wieskamp, they become incredibly vital because they're the guys we have that can match up with them. Do you think we could see a little bit more Keegan in this game? We're seeing him play a lot already, 20 to 25 minutes. Um, how important is he to the defensive success of Iowa coming into this game against Oregon? 
I think he's he's big because he adds just so much versatility, especially with Nunji being out. Um, he just gives another defender who can guard perimeter players and who can also, you know, at times guard bigs in the post and still give you good rebounding. So uh, I think he allows, you know, Fran more freedom with lineups again to rotate players depending on people are in foul trouble or whatnot. Um, so I think we'll we'll see a steady dose of Keegan depending on how he's playing. You know, he may be a lot more. Um, but I expect to see him as a, a crucial part in this game. All right, I need to quickly pause the conversation with Bakari because we got to tell you about Built Bar. You know that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. It is an amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all their bars. Now, though, it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup is Coconut versus Birthday Cake. I don't think you really need to have an opinion on this one. It's clearly going to be birthday cake. Birthday cake, one of my favorites. I just tried it actually this past week, and it is absolutely delicious. But if you have a strong feeling about this and you want to put your opinion to the test, see which Built Bar is the absolute best, go to BuiltBar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter to make your vote for which built bar you think should be the best. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's, who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar ever. That's right, built bar, awesome promo codes, awesome product. Go check it out. The NFL Draft is weeks away. It is time to start following our Lockdown NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to. And the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow Lockdown NFL Draft and Draft Dudes on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast at. Now let's turn our attention back to the conversation with Bakari. Yeah, and you mentioned the lineup changes again. Tony Perkins also got some key minutes against Grand Canyon. And Perkins has been quite a a fun guy to watch. I feel like... um, on a team where there weren't as many leaders that Iowa has, he would actually be playing some crucial minutes and could compete. He's been, doesn't seem like the moment's too small or too big for him at any point. Um, do you think there's a chance we see some Tony Perkins in this game as well after putting up, you know, maybe five, six minutes of key time just to, to get some defensive energy there? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. I wouldn't be surprised if Fran did it just again because of he, he'll match up very well with Oregon's athleticism with their size. He's kind of in that mode of a player. Um, I can see him at the front of the 12, you know, kind of to disrupt things or at the top of running through um, the zone. So I definitely could see, you know, Tony getting out there and, you know, giving a few sparing minutes. Absolutely. Um, and so before we get into Oregon's defense, talk a little bit about the zone and, and you know, going against that. Oregon didn't get a play their first game. They, you know, Virginia Commonwealth, unfortunately, out due to COVID. You hate to see it. Um, I feel bad just for everyone involved in that whole experience, right? Virginia sitting out for a week, just sitting in a hotel, not doing anything, and then not being able to play, you know, finding out an hour or two before the game. From your perspective as a player, how does that hurt or help Oregon coming into this game against Iowa? Um, I mean, I think it only helps them in the fact that they won the game, you know, they, they got to advance, <laughs> but I think in any other aspect, it may have hurt them, um, just cause they've already been in the room kind of confined. They've probably been itching to play. Um, so they really don't have so much of a rhythm from their last previous game. I don't remember when it was in the Pac-12 tournament, but from then until now they've had a kind of a let off. And I, one of the hand has been able to get a game in already be on the, be in the March Madness atmosphere, kind of get the sense of how things are going. So I think that advantage in that regard goes to Iowa. Um, but also for Oregon, I don't know if their players were hurt or injured at all. So that extra time may have helped them, you know, get back to full strength as a team. So it depends. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oregon playing one game in the last 10 days and obviously not getting that, the time to play a game this past week. So that's unfortunate for them. Um, Oregon is a very athletic program and Iowa has been a lot better as of late in man defense. But when you're playing a team like Oregon, I feel like you want to play a little bit more zone. One to get your thoughts on what Iowa might come out with defensively and how maybe Fran typically varies up his lineups because, or his, you know, his defensive lineups, because he does do a pretty good job of switching it up and trying to confuse the offenses. It can sometimes hurt Iowa, but it also sometimes helps them. So from a defensive perspective, what do you think Fran's strategy coming into this game is to try to match up with a more athletic program? Um, I'm, He's probably going to do the normal uh, routine of mixing up zone, man, press, um, and kind of just see which, which is successful, which isn't. Um, Starting off, they're probably more zone. I'm sure he's going to want to keep Luca out of foul trouble. He got in foul trouble early last game. So, I mean, they may start off, man, but don't be surprised if you see the zone earlier in the game um, than normal. And I guess this really is going to come down to Oregon's hidden shots. If they're hidden shots and able to spread Iowa out, I mean, they're going to obviously have to play man. But if they find success with them, again, not playing a game in the last 10 days, kind of not being in that rhythm and sync, they're a little rusty to come out. I wouldn't be surprised if we rolled the zone until they could find something to beat it. So um, I think we'll mix it up, mix and match, but keeping, you know, key players, Luca, especially out of foul trouble is going to be big. And um, just seeing what Oregon has to offer also, just being off, being off that ball. Yeah, Oregon is a very streaky team, but they do shoot the ball well from deep. Um, they are 18th in the country, 37.9% three-point shooting percentage, but they only shoot the three, 163, or they are 163rd in the nation in terms of how many times they actually shoot uh, the three-point attempt. So very interesting distribution there from an Oregon perspective. Um, from Iowa's offensive perspective, Oregon runs a lot of matchup zone. What is the way to attack that? How do you go and attack that in this game early? Well, matchup zones... Um, from my experience, you got to play them like a man. Um, you can't be so, you can't be so concerned with what the defense is. You got to just pick your sets as offense and run them, and run them hard and try to execute. So I think that's the first thing with the with the matchup zone is it confuses the offense and makes you hesitant. And so you can't hesitate whether you're shooting or driving. You got to make sure you're just aggressive in your decision and just trust your gut and go. So I would think as from a team, you want to kind of run your sets, your normal sets that you would anyway. As, treated like a man-to-man mostly, um, and then try to be as assertive and instinctive as you can. Be aggressive. Don't second-guess yourself because that's what the zone is kind of designed to do. I feel like we do have the the confident type of offensive players that we shouldn't have a problem with that, hopefully. Um, we know Luca's probably going to get his, right? I feel like it's a, it's a foregone conclusion. Oregon even said – as much they know or you know that Luca Garza is going to get his but how can they stop everyone else is really their concern it's basically let Luca beat us maybe and then hopefully we can stop the barrage of three-point shooters who is the other guy let's maybe take away Joe and Luca who's the guy who's going to be the difference in this game for Iowa CJ CJ Freddie that's my guy I gotta see I feel like CJ um he's been out a little bit this year with injury he kind of hasn't found his like stride and groove this year He's still shooting the three pretty well. Um, that's what he does. Um, so I think seeing a big game out of CJ would be, would be big for Iowa just because he gives another dynamic shooter. He's also very good cutting to the basket, um, getting to the free throw line as well. So I think if CJ has a big game along with Weezy and um, and Luca, we should be we should be all right. Yeah, when you're looking at his. His uh, breakdown of every single game, not a lot of points, but he does come up with one or two very key threes each game. But the last several games, seven points against Grand Canyon, four against Illinois, seven Wisconsin, 
six Wisconsin, three Nebraska, five Ohio State. I mean, the last time he really went off was that Penn State game where they needed him big time. Right. Penn State also a smaller lineup. So um, interesting to see kind of how that might be, be a little bit interesting to see how CJ Frederick can handle that again. CJ Frederick, I also feel like people don't realize um, can also get to the basket as well. He's yes. like a Joey's camp light almost, but you have Joey's camp. So CJ knows his role in that offense and doesn't need to be um, too involved, which I think is really one of the best assets about CJ understanding what his role in that offense is. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, CJ's definitely very underrated getting to the basket, being more of a three-level scorer. He's he's considered a spot-up shooter, but he's more of a three-level scorer. So, yeah, I would love to see the league get going. I think he will. I think he'll turn it around. He loves the stage, big moments. So, I think league will turn it around. CJ turn it around. Lee's what we okay. call him. Okay. Name, okay. <laughs> I was it's like, who, who is Lee? <laughs> My bad. It's, it's, I knew I realized it. I'm like, he's his nickname. But, uh, CJ... I was literally running through the lineup, and I was like, who is a Lee on this team? I'm like, I, I'm very confused here. No, that, that makes sense. Um, one other guy I want to talk about that I think is very important for this game is Patrick McCaffrey because he has a significant amount of athleticism. He has a lot of length, um, but it's a matter of putting it all together in these games. We've seen him be able to get to the basket but not necessarily convert. On defense, there's times where his length can be a huge matchup issue for the offense because he can get in their face. But other times, and I just want to you know get your thoughts, you don't have to – I don't want you to rip on anyone. I'm not trying to rip on Patrick, but sometimes it looks like he's a little bit lost defensively. Um, is that just me not understanding where he's supposed to be at in the, in the defensive alignment or what are you seeing and how can he impact um, the game for Oregon? Well, I, I think Pat's still learning. Pat's young. You know, he's still a freshman, even though he's a redshirt freshman. He's still a freshman. So it's his first time really getting out there in these big games and environments. And I think Pat has great instincts, you know. Sometimes he'll second guess what he should and shouldn't do, try not to make a mistake. And that's kind of where you'll see him being lost out there, uh, which is just, just all things that come with time and experience. Uh, I think the more experience, the more time he gets, the more um, confident he'll get and just trust his instinct. He has very good instincts. He's athletic. You know, there's been spurts if you've seen him, you know, really get to the offensive glass, really be in the passing lanes, be great with fast breaks, knock down shots. Um, so you've seen his spurts, not as consistent as you do with a lot of freshmen. Um, but I think Pat's instincts are great and he can just be confident and play off them. I think he'll be able to help even in his tournament run. I'm glad you understood where I was going with that, right? Because I wasn't trying to throw Patrick under the bus, but I wanted to get. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. so I, I'm glad you picked up. Like this exact word is perfect. Good. This is why we're doing. This is why we do so well together, man. Um, <laughs> so Iowa is favored in this game. Obviously, uh, they are projected to win 81 to 74, according to Ken Palm. What is your prediction going into this game? It's March. That's my prediction. Can't <laughs> throw all of those predictions out the window. It's March. Those are nice to talk about and conversate, but at the end of the day, uh, anything can happen. So um, I, my only prediction and hope is that Iowa comes in focused, um, prepared, and confident. And, and if they can do those three things, I think we'll have a good chance of pulling this one out. They can come in focused, prepared, and confident, and just play off their instincts. Don't let Oregon's pressure on the defensive end. They're a pretty good defensive team. We got a lot of length to get blocks, um, get a decent amount of steals. So if they don't get sped up on the defensive end, execute their stuff, play confident. I like the Hawkeyes getting to the Sweet 16.
I love it, man. Yeah, Jordan actually said, Jordan Bohannon talked to the, the press and said he expects Oregon to press them quite a bit. And if they can break that press and not you know let it control the, the flow of the game, that'll be huge for Iowa and be a huge uh, catalyst for success for them. Bakari, it's always a blast having you on. Last question for you, though. The Sweet 16, if Fran gets Iowa to the Sweet 16, what does that mean for Fran and the team and validating his – I mean, this has been a nine, ten-year thing that he's been doing. He's been building this program up over the last 10 years. And you were a big part of that last year. I mean, you're a big part of where this team is today because of your contributions last year. What would that mean for you, for the team, for the program, for Fran? Um, I think it would just mean all the hard work that he's putting over his career. I mean, I would love to see just because I know how he treats his players, how he cares about his players, um, formerly being one of them. So just to see all his hard work and just really going about things the right way, doing things the right way, I think it would mean it and make it that much better. So. You know, hopefully come come Wednesday, we'll be saying we'll be sitting here looking at that Sweet 16 dance. I love, man. Hopefully, yeah, we can chat again, and uh, hopefully it's after a big Iowa win. Bakari, blast as always, man. Thank you so much for coming on, and we'll talk to you later, pal. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me, as always. All right, and that concludes our show today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow afternoon. Uh, should be We should be able to get an episode out after that, especially if Iowa wins. We'll have Bakari back on the show to talk about that game, talk about what it means to get to the Sweet 16. Lots of great stuff coming in the Iowa Hawkeye Athletic community this week. Lots of fun stuff that already took place. We're going to be covering all that on the shows this week. Thank you all for tuning in, though. Please make sure to give us that five-star review if you like the show, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As always, Hawkeye Nation, thank you for tuning in. Have a fantastic day, and let's go Hawks.